Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Okay, I am sitting here with a very, very special person. I always say it's extra special when I get to interview one of my graduates in one of my Paul Mitchell schools, and I'm sitting here with Katie Brazier. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I've been looking forward to this, and yeah, this is a really great opportunity. I'm so happy to be able to connect today. I am so excited. We have been trying to do this for the longest time. Yes. And I honestly <laughs> could not have picked a more perfect person Aww, so we're going through this coronavirus yeah. uh, crisis right now, this health crisis and this pandemic. And it's just, it's scary. It's scary at a time like this. And I know I shut my schools and salons down. You just mm -hmm. shut your salons down yeah. and it's a scary moment and trying to be that duck on water as a leader. And it's not easy, I know, but you're the most perfect person to be able to lead a team. So congratulations on all that you've accomplished. And I know that you're going to accomplish even more. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I, I know this is definitely a really challenging time, especially for this industry. But you know, I think that this is a great opportunity for us to all kind of come together and utilize this time away from clients to kind of build more of our techniques. So, you know, if there's a hair coloring technique that we've been wanting to learn or a certain updo or maybe just more with social media. This is a really great opportunity for us to kind of step back from those clients and kind of work on ourselves kind of moving forward. Because in this industry, we don't get a lot of downtime. You know, we are always mm -hmm waking up, doing emails, taking clients, going home, sending more emails, you know, and we, you know, we're just so busy. We don't have always a lot of that free time available, you know, to put forth, you know, towards that education. So this is a really great opportunity for us to kind of see the silver lining in this and kind of take care of ourselves right now. 100%. Amen yeah. to that, Katie. And I want to introduce Katie. So she is actually the creator of Katie Marie Beauty for the past seven years. Uh, she was licensed 11 years ago, a graduate mm -hmm. of Palma to the School of Great Lakes, which is yes. awesome. She specializes in formal hairstyling, creative braids, makeup artistry for weddings, photo shoots, fashion shows, and special events. You have to go to her Instagram page right now. Her work is <laughs> tremendous. I am not even kidding. It's Katie, C-A-I-D-Y underscore Katie Marie Beauty. Is that right? Yes, that's Instagram. correct handle. Okay. And she, her salon offers from lash extensions, hair extensions, hair coloring, hair cutting, and spray tanning. She's the proud mem member of the modern Sara uh, salon artist connective team. Mm -hmm. She is awarded the not K-N-O-T best of weddings for hair and makeup seven years in a row yeah. and inducted into the not hall of fame winner for the modern salon braids and bridges contest of uh, Placed in the top 10 for Cosmoprof of Beauty, LTC Awards for Best Updo, and top 10 for the Trend Vision, Beauty, and Vision Awards for Best Updo. Her work is published in Modern Salon, The Knot and Style Magazine, as well as featured on social media pages, Paul Mitchell, Design Me, Modern Salon, Great Links, USA, uh, Armstrong McCall, Official, Pink Pewter, Nioxin, 
well education and wedding chicks. So uh, a lot, you've been featured a lot and yeah. I'm so proud of you, Katie. I can't even Thank begin you. to tell you because this, this is where dreams come true. And I get to mm -hmm. meet every brand new core future professional in my Paul Mitchell schools and meeting you. And I, I remember you as a future professional. You're always so positive and such an incredible visionary in our schools. And more importantly, you were just always so kind. And that's what I oh, always loved about you and to watch you grow. And, and you know, you were one of those quiet visionaries. You weren't a loud visionary. You just put your head down and you worked. And all of a sudden, years later, all we could hear was Katie this, Katie that, Katie's in our school. She's teaching a class. And it's like, what is Katie doing? I'm seeing her on <laughs> social media. I see you in New York. You won a big award. Talk about Talk about your, I know it hasn't been easy. Talk about yeah. your experience. And I know uh, you and I have similar stories of being mm -hmm. bullied when we were yeah. younger. And, and talk about that story and how you came to be where you're at today. Yeah, so I know when you say all that back, it's, you know, a lot has happened. And I'm honestly so grateful for all of these opportunities, um, you know, that I've made become available. And I say opportunities that I may become available because I'm a firm believer that if you want something, you need to go out there and get it. You can't just kind of sit back and wait for it to happen to you. Um, and so kind of trickling all the way back from when I was really young, I did get bullied a lot when I was in school. And it was a really challenging time for me because you come home from school and you talk to your parents and you don't really know how to feel. And so I kind of started braiding my hair as like a stress outlet in a sense. Um, and I did it more and more. And I started going to school with these hair designs and I started getting complimented from some of these girls that had bullied me. And I was like, wow, like they're complimenting me. Maybe like the bullying will stop because as a young kid, you're transitioning so much in life and it's just such a hard time in your life in general and I can't imagine now what kids go through with now they're being social media involved in everything too I mean I thought I had it but I was like when I was a kid but it's so much worse now and so going to school and wearing these designs I started getting so many compliments and then kind of turned into doing hair for cheerleading competitions and school dances and things like that and then finally it kind of stopped a little bit um and so I certainly developed, you know, kind of an interest in it. Um, but it really developed more into a passion just kind of as I kept doing it, you know, more and more. And then I also didn't fall right into going to school for I always kind of thought that this industry was more like a hobby, just something fun to do on the side. I didn't really, I guess, know at the time all the different avenues that you can take with this industry. And so I then went to school to become a sports writer. And I was in school and I remember one of my professors was asking everybody what their true passion was in life. And I had said that it was, um, you know, hair, it kind of clicked for me. And so I ended up, you know, leaving college and I enrolled at Palm Mitchell School Great Lakes the next day. And it was the best ever. I thoroughly enjoyed and loved my time at Palm Mitchell School. I feel like they really did such a just superior job in setting you up for success. And that's obviously such a huge thing that Paul Mitchell is known for is just kind of setting you up for that success. And it's something that I'm always so grateful to have that opportunity. Um, you know, and I hear other people's experiences at different schools and it never lives up to my story. You know, it's never, you know, I feel like the, the future professionals there and learning leaders there and you just, everybody goes above and beyond for everybody. And I think that just is really the true difference with, that specific school. Um, and so, yeah, it just was a really great experience being there and just really kind of showed me the way that this is the path that I want to be on. This is 
this is what I should be doing with the rest of my life. So it was yeah. honestly just a really great experience. So cool. Let's go backwards for a minute. Um, yeah. Being being bullied because I think um, you know there's a lot of stories out there mm -hmm. of people overcoming being bullied. Talk a little bit more about that. What that was like for you, Katie, and and talk to that person right now that may be going yeah. through that because I know a lot of my audience is younger people in, in high mm -hmm. school as well listening to this. Uh, talk a little bit about your story and how you were able to overcome that. Yeah, so it kind of stemmed when I was in or so middle school. And I think because as you're saying, I was kind of, I appreciate that compliment so much. I'm such a firm believer of kindness and that kindness always wins. And I think I was kind of maybe an easy target because I was a nice person, unfortunately. Um, and so I always stayed true to who I was. Though. I never wanted to stoop down to their level. I never got into an actual physical fight. I never even really got into a verbal fight. I kind of just brushed everything off and you know, not that I didn't necessarily stick up for myself, but I wanted to stay true to who I was as a person and never have to change my thoughts and my beliefs just because someone felt better at the end of their day by kind of picking on me. So I really just kind of made it a priority each day to continue to put myself first and my feelings first with what I believed in. And, you know, through that and really just through my love of hair, I was able to kind of get my way out of that. Um, so my, you know, biggest advice to anybody that might be going through something similar is just to stay true to yourself and understand that there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with them. And there's nothing that you can necessarily do to kind of change their opinion. That's maybe just who they are, but you know, you always want to stay true to who you are and, you know, keep going with that kindness because it will get you very far in life. And, you know, now 11 years into my career, you know, you know, 20 years after, you know, all that bullying and things like that happen. And I'm told so often that I'm such a positive person and I'm such a kind person and I put others first. And that's because I really truly believe in that. And so kind of sticking with those thoughts and those beliefs that I have really truly helped me move forward. So that's my biggest advice is just stay true to who you are. Don't stoop down to anybody else's level. And, you know, you will come, you will come out of this, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, I love that you said kindness always wins and, mm -hmm. and it's goes so well with our Palmental schools, be nice or else when yeah. you play Bob's book, be nice or else. Yeah. And, and so it's interesting because even with this new generation that's out, there's still that struggle. And now it's that social media bullying, whereas yeah. you probably experienced more or in-person bullying as well as I mm -hmm. did because obviously social media wasn't around back yeah. then so people couldn't hide behind a screen and uh, but by the way I did get in one of those fist fights but I wasn't very okay. proud of myself on that one <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> and, but it does it happens and middle school is a really hard year yeah for sure especially for women I think I know it was mm -hmm. for my son even my son was bullied and he didn't even tell us till years later yeah. how much he was being bullied because he was afraid that we would step in and fight his fight for him and he felt like he should fight his own fight and, and so it is it's it's super super common uh, but it's not right either right but I love the fact that you stayed true to yourself Katie because I believe that's what's made you such a strong incredible leader because now nowadays that authoritarian mean leader is never gonna make it and they never have and I believe we have a huge challenge in 
our entire country, of course, yeah. uh, but in the salon industry as well. Uh, that's one of the reasons I believe, Katie, because of poor leadership and bad leaders, not kind leaders, mm -hmm. that a lot of our stylists are leaving employee-based salons and opening up their own suites because they don't want to mm -hmm. deal with mean people anymore. And they don't want to deal with, with uh, bullying that happens within our salons too. And, mm -hmm. and it's interesting. Talk about in your business, Katie, um, and then I want to talk about some of your awards as well too, because I, I love hearing the mm -hmm. stories because I know some so many of my future professionals are going to listen to this and they want to do exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And they're like, put me on the fast track. You know? <laughs> but as a business owner, talk about, because there's a difference of ownership. So you can be mm -hmm. an employee, uh, employer relationship where you can manage mm -hmm. the culture in your company, or you could be an, an independent uh, contractor owner, so to speak, mm -hmm. where you're just a landlord, where you're just yeah. providing space for people to either be paid commission because they're an in independent contractor, or you're providing space where they can rent a chair where you can't manage the culture. That would be like my landlord saying in my school, mm -hmm. hey, you can't do a be nice or else culture because that's against, uh, no, buddy, I'm paying you rent. Like, just mm -hmm. take your rent and go away. I'm going to run my business the way I want to run it. And so I think there's this big, huge disparity happening. And I think it's confused our graduates in all of our cosmetology schools across the nation because they're going out two years later they're leaving the industry because they're so disenchanted they're either leaving going back to what they used to do and or they're opening up their own salon suites because they're tired of dealing with all the cattiness the bullying really that's mm -hmm. going on the gossiping mm -hmm. what they call venting uh you know throwing people under the bus so to speak talk about that how have you been able to manage that type of culture yeah. in your salon yeah and you know that's a great topic because it's unfortunate a lot of people kind of think that salons are just very catty and a lot of drama and Unfortunately, there are some that are like that, but I do agree with you. I think it kind of starts with who is kind of leading that salon. And you can ask my team. I do not look at myself as a boss. I actually do not like the word boss. I view myself as a leader. I want to always lead my team because I think that you are first and foremost only as good as your team is. You know, talent aside, your team is only going to respect you as much as you kind of respect them. And so I always make it known that I view myself as a leader. I want to lead my team to success, you know, whether it's with personal goals or goals within the industry. And so kind of separating those, you know, separating, you know, that cattiness and drama, that's something that really has to be done as soon as you are kind of preparing a business plan almost to even have a business within this industry. And so when I first decided to open up a salon, it was something that I knew I 100% wanted to have good hearted people on our team. I do not base, I do not hire based on talent. I hire based on who's, you know, who they are as a person, what their card is, what their character is. I think that you are able to teach someone how to do foilage. You're able to teach them how to do an up. You can teach them braiding. You can teach them all of these, you know, talents, so to speak, but you can't teach them to be a good person. They're either a good person or they're not. And I think that's really going to fall back with, you know, how are they going to respect you when you are on vacation? Or if they charge someone incorrectly, are they going to tell you about it? Or if they're getting services done for themselves and they are, you know, paying a product charge, are they really paying it if you're not there? So you really want to kind of look at those things before, you know, before just putting bodies in your salon to kind of 
make that revenue, you really want to kind of look and say, okay, what type of a person are they are first and foremost. Um, and so we actually have an employee handbook and it's very detailed. It goes over all the different details within our salon. And there's actually a full section in there that goes over any type of bullying, drama, um, you know, any type of belittling. Everybody on our team is very supportive. And I can honestly say that we have zero drama. We are a drama-free salon. Um, everybody's very supportive, not just within our professional goals, but also our personal goals. Everybody, obviously right now with the crisis, we've all been kind of checking in on each other and making sure that, you know, there, if a case there's anything that someone might need, one of our employees, her husband is actually a firefighter. So she has early entry to grocery stores. So she's offered to kind of go to grocery stores early and get things that other of our professionals might not need or might need in case, you know, it's kind of picked over. And so everybody just does a really great job just kind of pulling together and just being so supportive. And I really think that that starts again with the leader and, you know, how you lead your team is just going to be a really great example of how your team is going to end up not only, you know, kind of reacting to you as their leader, but also to the other employees in the salon. And then also to the clients, you want to make sure that they, you know, are kind of offering that respect to your clients and they're not, kind of talking about things that are inappropriate in front of them about, you know, what happened in their personal life or on a date or, you know, they don't really come in to hear those type of things. So we always wanted to keep it very professional, you know, and obviously they want to know how our day is and how our life is because they're interested in, you know, in us and as well, but we always want to keep it very professional so that, you know, across the board, we are just known, you know, as that salon where, you know, we, we do have a really great outlook to all of our guests. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. That's really amazing. I want to back up a little bit because mm -hmm. I think there's an untold story in here because of the fact that you were bullied uh, by what we would say mean girls this day, mm -hmm. you know, this day and age, um, bullied by them. And it caused you to say, no, I'm not going to allow that type of culture yeah. ever. And that's exactly what happened with me. That's why I was so drawn to the Be Nice or Else culture. Yeah. And that's why I thought, oh, I want to create this incredible atmosphere for yes. people. And then I started seeing that this, this atmosphere was not being created. And I knew the only way it could be created would be by our graduates that mm -hmm. were a part of that culture. And they got to see it firsthand to say, hey, yes, this is possible. Go mm -hmm. out there and create it. And I used to tell my future professionals, listen, when you get into a salon, create that Be Nice or Else culture. The owner will love you for it. Trust mm -hmm. me, because we need to change the way yes. that hairdressers act and look and feel because now we're attracting a whole different demographic into the yes. beauty industry. Obviously, look at what we've done. You know, we've changed, mm -hmm. we've professionalized the beauty industry, what we've done. And so that's really exciting. But let, let me ask you this, because so many people... I know want to be a boss. They want to be a leader. They want to mm -hmm. be an owner. What does that really mean to you being a boss, so to speak? And mm -hmm. I love that you said you don't allow them to call you a boss, which is yeah. beautiful, uh, but you're just a leader. Why did you get into this industry so, as a leader? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I really just want to kind of help inspire and encourage and motivate. And, you know, a goal that I have of mine is to do more motivational speaking because I think that there's so many people that don't have a voice out there for them that need a voice. And I would love to be that person to kind of step up. And so I created my business and became a leader because I wanted help and inspire those kind of coming out of school to kind of help them in their journey and help them in their path. And, you know, I want to be able to kind of 
help with those stepping stones to achieve those goals that they have, whether it's, you know, doing New York Fashion Week or it's doing bridal or if it's just, you know, doing color behind the chair every day and being super busy with that. I just want to be able to help in kind of setting them up for success and helping them achieve all of those goals and all of the, and all those dreams that they have. And so that was really my main reason for getting into it. And, you know, a lot of people will ask me, they say, well, you know, do you do it because there's like a lot of money in it? And there's so much sacrifice that comes with this, you know, and there's so many additional, you know, expenses and there's rent and there's utilities and there's all these things. And I think people kind of get into this leadership role for the wrong reasons. They look at it like dollar signs and they're like, oh, I have a salon and I'm going to go do this and pay for this. And it's really not like that. There's, I mean, I wake up every morning and I start emails at 6am usually. And then I do clients from, you know, eight to 10, 11 hours anywhere in there. And then when I get home, I respond to more emails or I'm doing social media videos or, you know, on our weekends, if I don't have a client, I'm, you know, doing weddings or we're doing photo shoots or, you know, we're doing trials. And so each day is really jam-packed with a lot of different things, which I absolutely love. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I think that a lot of people get into this leadership role kind of for the wrong reasons. And I think that this is a role to get into so that you're able to really just kind of help and inspire and help others along their journey. Yeah. So. You know, Katie, I, I really believe this crisis, this a coronavirus uh, mm -hmm. crisis going on is going to really separate the players from the pretenders. Yes. I really do. And yes. it's going to, it's going to make or break people and it's going to show that. And I, I'm 100% behind you on this. And I believe that untold story of you wanting to give people a voice was because you didn't have that voice for that certain period of time when you're being bullied. Yeah. And you thought, I am not going to allow that to happen to people. And I'm going to protect them. And I'm going to mm -hmm. guide them and teach them how, and I'm 100% behind you because that's exactly what I've done. And the types of people that I've chosen in my company, mm -hmm. have I made mistakes? Have I hired mean people? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and we had to make that decision a long time ago we had to say to our leaders, we will not hire mean people. And mm -hmm. we're going to really study people's character because when people show you who they are, we have to believe them. We've got to be yes. really, really, really protective of that culture. And have we allowed a few people to slip in? Yes. Have we learned mm -hmm. from it? Yep. <laughs> we yes. sure have. And I'm with you on that. And you're right. You have to get into it for the right reasons. And when yeah. I do bring in our team members and I'll say to them, why do you want to be an owner? I need to know mm -hmm. because it's like you want that boss title. Is it for the title? Because right. if it's for the title, watch out because it's going to break you. That title mm -hmm. is going to slip really fast because the minute that you're not respected, that's when you're mm -hmm. going to sl slide out and say, I'm not being respected. I'm done. And I, I love what mm -hmm. you said earlier, Katie, because I believe I'm going to call this be kind because you're so kind and <laughs> because kindness always wins, mm -hmm. always wins. And, uh, and so the, the steps that you need to take to get to be that kind person and to stay that kind person and to be an incredible leader, because to be an incredible leader, to make it in any industry, you have to be kind. And so number one, stay true to yourself, right? Yes. Number two, uh, don't call yourself a boss, call yourself a leader. Yes. And really, really dig deep into that. And number three, I, I love what you said earlier. Your team will respect you as much as you respect them. 
Mm-hmm. Talk about that, what that exactly means to you and yeah. how you were able to discover that. Yeah. So I think within this industry, it is commission-based, you know? So when you bring in clients, you have, you know, that revenue that comes in and things like that. But I think what we need to also keep in mind is that everybody has lives outside of their job. You know, they have family lives, they have, you know, their relationships, they have their friends, they have vacations, all these things. And I never want my girls to kind of look at where they work and think of it as, oh, this is just my job and I'm always there and I have no other life. And so I always want to set that example that, you know, if you have family things that are going on, like I respect that time that you need to be with your family. Or, you know, if there's a vacation that you haven't taken in a long time and you truly need to get away, then I respect that time that you need to get away. Or, you know, if there's something going on in your personal life and you need to talk to me, not even just as your leader, but just as a human, you just need someone to talk to you and talk through things with, I want to be that person. And so I think a big thing of it is that as long as we are kind of respecting our employees and understanding that they do have all these other things going on in their lives, they're going to respect us as well for when, you know, we go on vacation, they're going to make sure that the salon is taken care of, or, you know, if we have something going on in our life, they're going to allow us to have that personal space. And so I've always wanted to just create a really respectful atmosphere because I think that's something that a lot of salons unfortunately don't have and I think that kind of stems back to do you want to be a boss or do you want to be a leader and so I want to always lead my team to know that as long as they have respect for me I'm going to have respect for them and within that we're going to have respect for each other just as a team in general so yeah no, that's, that's really huge. I love what you said, create a respectful atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it's all about that. And you're able to do that. And I was actually talking to another salon owner today because we have a group called the Michigan Salon Owners Group. And yes. I was talking to him and he was telling me how he knows of salons that have like all these hybrid cultures. And so when mm-hmm. you bring in uh, where you've got chair renters, you have 1099, you have W2. Yes. Now you've created this hybrid culture of a bunch of different characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now, now that's bringing in drama and toxicity yes. and, and different uh, challenges that are yes. going to come to the table. And that really hurts yes. our industry. It hurts people. And, and so it's really painful and you're not able to create yeah. any type of culture or an atmosphere mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, in that type of your business. So I love that you're doing that, Katie. I think that's huge. And and I, I want to um, go to number four, uh, which is the law of sacrifice, because um, you've got to sacrifice a lot. And obviously you have, you've sacrificed a lot. So talk a little bit more about that, because I have, I can't even begin to tell you, I've been in this business Mm -hmm. for 20 years. I have Mm -hmm. staff members that say, I want to be you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. What <laughs> and they'll say, I'd love to follow you around for the day. And I'd be like, I think you'd be really bored. You know, yeah. and <laughs> I don't think you'd be that excited about my lifestyle uh, because it's not that exciting. Uh, but talk about the law of sacrifice for you and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot of sacrifice, especially in a leadership role. Um, And even if you are someone just getting into this industry, it's a lot of learning and a lot of self-education. And, you know, I think that a lot of people, when they first get out of school, they think that they're going to walk into a salon and this platter of clients will be waiting for them in a salon. And that's not really the case. It's very hard to build a clientele in this industry. And 
if you want to have it, then you have to really work for it. You know, and I always say that everybody has the ability to be great. You just have to put in the effort to be great. And so with that, I mean, you can be as booked as you want to be. You can be as successful as you want to be. You can have whatever avenue you want if you put in that work and that effort and that sacrifice. And so with making those sacrifices, I mean, there's so many times that I, you know, didn't do things with friends or I wasn't able to do things with family or I wasn't able to go on a trip. And although I still make that time for myself and I still make it up in other areas, there's definitely a lot of times that, you know, I wanted to do something else, but I'm like, you know, I really want to edit this video. I really want to show this new technique or, you know, there's all these hair shows, which I always recommend, you know, going to these hair shows and these seminars, because you can learn so much from so many different people, you know, kind of making that investment and, you know, taking a trip to the IBS show or the America's Beauty show, or, um, you know, I did Paul Mitchell Gathering, and that was a really great show that was in Las Vegas, right when I got out of hair school. And so kind of making those investments too, instead of, you know, maybe investing in that versus investing in something else that you want to do personally, really kind of just deciding what's going to be a priority. And I think once you can kind of figure out what's a priority, then you'll be able to kind of better navigate what goals you have and how to reach all of those goals. You know, another thing too is there's so many people that have these very large dreams and I think they give up on them because they're not sure how to achieve them. And my biggest advice for that is to break those dreams down. It's okay if you have three goals to get to that one big goal, you're still making those strides to kind of get there. You know, and something that we were kind of taught in school and that I continue to preach is that you should always fall and fall often, but you want to fall forward. And you always want to be kind of pushing forward to that next step. And even if you feel like you have challenges or obstacles along the way, they are just challenges and obstacles. They all have solutions. You just have to find what solution is going to work best for that challenge and obstacle. And yeah. so, wow, that's so good. I love it. Talk about real life of yeah. overwhelm, you know, give, yeah. give, give a moment in time that you're just like so overwhelmed. And you thought, have you ever sat down and said, what am I doing? Why am I in this? What is mm -hmm. going on? Like talk about that real, yes. there might've been a lot of them. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so we, so we specialize in, we have a full service salon and then we specialize in weddings and our weddings are sometimes we do six in a weekend or six in a day. I mean, um, sometimes we do 10 in a full weekend. And so we do a lot of weddings and that's on top of all of our in-studio clients. And it's definitely a lot to kind of organize all of those different schedules, make sure everything is taken care of, make sure our clients are taken care of. No one's kind of forgotten about. And so there's definitely times where I sit down and I'm like, okay, this is a lot, like this is so much to handle. And then, you know, if it's kind of in the mix with like holiday season, obviously holiday season is really, really hectic. And it's hard to find that balance with taking all of those clients and then also kind of doing personal holiday things that you like to enjoy as well. And so there's definitely a lot of challenges just each day with kind of figuring out what's going to be best moving forward. But you just have to kind of compartmentalize and figure out what's going to be a priority and what's going to be easiest to move forward and, you know, how to kind of make those strides. And so there's definitely a lot of sacrifice that comes from that though to kind of get to that end goal and I'm a firm believer that you know it is always worth it though and and my team has always been so happy with the way that we have done stuff so that's obviously such a really great compliment and so as long as you're able to kind of still move forward you know then you are moving in the right direction 
Mm, I love that. Are you full-time behind the chair plus running your business? I am. So I am. So I'm in the studio. I get clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. And then I do weddings on Fridays and Saturday. And then Monday is my office day. So Monday all day long, I'm doing phone meetings. I'm doing emails. I'm doing social media stuff. Um, But then each morning before I start my day, I'm also doing more type of office things. Um, And then usually to end my night, I do a lot of social media things to kind of post for the next day. So my days are definitely very long, but Mm -hmm. it's very worth it. And again, you just, you have to make that sacrifice, you know, and then when you finally get to that end goal that you, you know, made those three small goals to get to, you'll look back and think, wow, like that wasn't that hard. Like I could do this again. I can set another goal. Yeah. That's yeah. so the law of sacrifice. I mean, you probably have one hour to yourself, maybe a week, yeah. like talk about the reality of that, I, because I have so many staff members that'll say, I don't have any time to have mm-hmm. any fun. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then you want to be an owner of yeah. a business? Like, are yeah. you sure? Are you sure yeah. you want to do that? So talk about the reality of, mm-hmm. of your own personal time versus work time. You know, what's that look yeah. like for you? So I try to always make time for myself to work out in the morning. I always make sure I carve out time for that. I am always certain that, you know, my fiance and I can have dinner at the end of the night together and we're able to spend some time together. And then I obviously try to make time for my family too. So I definitely make time for the things that are important, but I'm also realistic that, you know, this is my business. This is my baby. You know, this is for me to take care of. And although I can definitely delegate certain things to different professionals, there's some things that are just meant for me to do. Um, And so I definitely try to, you know, keep that time though, you know, keep some personal time for myself. Um, I do try to cut off my office work at like eight o'clock. I try to be completely done with it. Mondays, I try to be done with it more so like six o'clock. So I do kind of set those goals for myself. Um, otherwise you kind of get lost in all of it and you think, okay, I'll send one more email. I'll do one more text message. And it becomes this ripple effect. And we need to understand that although this is a very demanding position to be in, we need to also take care of ourselves too, um, you know, and kind of make sure that we're adjusting to all of that. And I think too, with this crisis being coming, you know, such a huge epidemic, you know, in Michigan, and obviously they just have shut everything down. Um, That was kind of like an overwhelming moment. We're talking about overwhelming moments earlier um, to kind of think, okay, how do we reschedule three and a half weeks of clients between all of our professionals? We have brides that are unfortunately having to reschedule their weddings. Um, But again, you just kind of take a deep breath and you make your to-do list and you kind of just chip away at it. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that is the big overwhelm for our stylists as well right now and yeah. scheduling and figuring that out because it's a new day in the salon industry, you know, yeah. for infection control yes. and just really, really looking at things differently. And yes. I really believe when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I really hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I bet in the first couple of years when mm-hmm. you first owned your salon, if you were to place yourself back in that moment. I bet there was very little personal time. And I remember I used to uh, walk into my school at 6 a.m. and I didn't Mm -hmm. walk out till late at night. And, you know, I had two little children at the time. My husband had to step in and help. We had babysitters. Mm -hmm. I didn't see them much, but that was the law of sacrifice. So the balance that I have now was nothing compared back then. 
because you just put your head down and just work and you are making it happen. Talk about the reality of that because every student that comes to our school now, Katie, Mm -hmm. raises their hands and they want to be an owner of a Mm -hmm. salon. So talk about the reality of the law of sacrifice the first few years. So the first few years were definitely very challenging. I, um, I quickly learned that there's a lot to get done in a short amount of time because each day you, you have this, this, this that you have to do. Um, and so it was a lot of sacrifice, a lot more in the beginning. And I definitely have a lot more balance now. I feel like obviously as you go, you kind of learn what's going to work, what's not going to work. And I think in the beginning, it's hard to, you know, going back to, you know, finding employees, finding good hearted people to work not for you, but with you within your business. Um, so that is a huge challenge and figuring out what type of a structure you want, what services you want to offer, um, you know, really what type of avenue you want to take with your business in general. And so I think there's just so many different entities that kind of come along with that. And so the first few years, it's, it's a lot because you don't want to say no to anything either. You want to take every opportunity. You don't want to turn down a wedding. You don't want to turn down a client. You, you don't want to turn down a photo shoot. Um, there's definitely a lot that I did for free my first few years. I did a lot of photo shoots for free um, because I just wanted to get that experience and get that exposure and get my name out there. And I definitely recommend still doing that to any new professional getting into this industry. You know, not that you necessarily want to give your work away for free, but you want to kind of trade those services and, you know, photo shoots is something that you're really interested in, then, you know, kind of talk to those photographers about having rights to those photos or, um, you know, things like that. And so definitely, you know, a lot of sacrificing, a lot of very long hours, a lot of weekends. Um, And I think as you kind of progress, again, you kind of figure out what is going to work for you, what isn't going to work for you. Um, You start getting more dependable, loyal kind of employees to kind of work with you and things like that, too. Because in the beginning, I definitely made a couple wrong hires that at the time I was like, this person's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We're, you know. And I think you kind of learn kind of as you go to even so, even a little bit more so about what it is that you want. Because I think when we first started our business, especially for me, I thought I just wanted to do weddings. And so that's kind of what I just started on. And so I was specifically looking professionals just for that. And then a couple of years in, I was like, okay, I actually really want to make this a salon and I want to have a full service salon. So then those are different professionals. They're not just someone to do updates. They're coloring hair, they're doing waxing services. And so I think it's really huge to kind of figure out exactly what you want um, and kind of learn in the beginning that just because you have that boss title, that does not mean that you are jet setting all around and life is easy. (laughs) And I think that's a huge misconception of what people think that role is. And it really isn't, Um, you know, and so again, I have so much more balance now that I've kind of figured out the different avenues that I want our business to go in. And so I'm so thankful that that time has kind of come, but I'm also so thankful for those, you know, experiences that I had where I kind of made a discovery and I was like, okay, this did not work. Like this is never happening again, you know, where this was not the right person to hire. And so I think it's really just kind of figuring out what's going to work best for you and work best for your business. And I would also advise, you know, don't be nervous to kind of make changes to your business. Don't just think that because you started your business one way, that's how it has to stay. You can obviously kind of adjust accordingly for what you want your future future to hold too. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's a great thing about this crisis is with crisis mm-hmm. comes opportunity and it yes. comes opportunity for change and shifting things. 
the way that we do things as well too. So there's definitely a lot of upside in this next three mm-hmm. weeks as well, yes. which I'm excited about. And talk about your side gigs that you have. So you're, yeah. um, so you're getting, you're doing photo shoots and now you get paid mm-hmm. for photo shoots. Is that true? Um, yes. Yes. Wow. So okay. Yeah. So when I first started in this industry, I was really interested in photo shoot work. I was really interested in the makeup and the hair and doing more like avant-garde stuff. When I was in hair school, I always entered all of the um, hair shows that there were. And it was always these really extravagant hair and makeup designs. And that really kind of showed me that I loved that side of it. And I was so happy that I did that. And I always tell everybody, you know, try everything once because you never know if you're going to like something. Um, and it was something that I was kind of unsure of. I was like, oh my God, I don't know. And I absolutely love it. And so in the beginning of my career, I did a lot of photo shoots for trade where I did hair and makeup for free. And then in return, I kind of got rights to those photos. Um, And now I am in a position where I still do a lot of photo shoots, but they are compensated for. And so that's why I'm always so big on, you know, just because you're kind of making that investment in the beginning doesn't mean that you won't see that return later on. And so there's actually quite a few models that I worked with right when I got out of hair school um, that now are clients of mine and they come and they get their hair cut and colored or if they have other photo shoots, I still do their hair and makeup for those. And so, you know, you definitely just want to kind of make that investment and then you will eventually see the return on it too. That's incredible. So how many years of freebies were you doing and how much do you make now um, on average doing a photo shoot? So I would say the first like couple of years, I did a lot. And I think it kind of depended on what type of shoot that it was. Um, And so now it kind of depends on what it is. We will do commercial shoots where we'll do touch-ups for um, kind of headshots for different like real estate companies and things like that. Um, And I mean, those are on average right around like $600. And then we'll do photo shoots for more like editorial things like that. And then those are probably just a little under that. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of kind of revenue to be made within that side of it as well. Um, If you want to make that investment in the beginning, absolutely. You know, another thing too, is I always recommend kind of practicing those editorial looks because they are very different. They are very, you know, a lot of them are very polished and sleek um, and the camera picks up everything. So if there's like an eyebrow hair out of place, the camera is going to see that. So I definitely recommend anybody that is interested in that avenue, just really kind of practicing those looks in your free time on friends or on yourself, um, taking online courses. This is a great time now that we, you know, are kind of quarantined for the next three and a half weeks to kind of take some online courses to kind of learn a little bit more about that so that when you are able to kind of book those actual shoots, you are able to replicate any design of mine to the fullest of detail. Yeah. When are you going to offer your online courses that people can take? (laughs) So actually that is on my list to do for while I'm quarantined. Um, I spent most of the day today rescheduling our clients for the next three and a half weeks. Um, And so that's something that I'm going to get to the next day or so. And I'm going to start offering some online education. So I'm really excited about that. Yes. Yay. I love it. Cause you're so, so talented <laughs> Thank and you. we just absolutely adore your work. I feel like you're the next Martin Parsons. And- oh my gosh. <laughs> He's my favorite. He was always my favorite. I know it was just an incredible man that he was. And I, I tell you, I think this is a time now to do that catch up time. And I feel yes. like people are listening right now and thinking mm-hmm. I have this dream 
for a long time and I haven't been able to get to it because I've been so yeah. busy. Guess what? Yeah. You have time to yes. do it right now. Start yeah. preparing yourself and prep yourself. I know, I know yes. we are, my uh, partner, Sean Chido, we, he and I have Next Level Salon Leadership Business and now we're working okay. on a pod, podcast for that. Now Great. we have the time to get it going and to start running some webinars and we have the time mm -hmm. to be able to get it up and running. And so I just, I'm excited about the opportunities that are going to happen over the next three weeks. And yes, for sure. So I love the fact that you actually make money at it now because you hear so many stories. So yes. talk to that future professional that's in school right now or the hairstylist mm -hmm. that's out right now that wants to break yeah. into that type of market. And what yeah. would you recommend that they do to get to your level? So I will say you have to invest in yourself first and foremost. If you do not invest in yourself, no one else is going to invest in you. And it is a larger expense up front because a lot of those editorial makeups that you see and editorial hairstyles, they require very specific products to use um, in order to create those looks. And so start investing in those type of products and maybe not the whole kit right to begin with because it is a larger investment but you know kind of those necessity products another thing is to learn how to improvise that's really going to help you as you do have the funds to invest in your kit definitely learn how to kind of improvise if you don't have a certain color if you don't have a certain product what can you use instead of that for the time being um, and really kind of taking those online courses and um, you know, kind of looking at some, some of the looks that you really enjoy seeing and thinking to yourself, okay, how did they create this look? How did they create their brows to look like this? Or how did they create their curls to look like this? And then practice that. Practice makes progress. And I'm always a firm believer that you shouldn't try to reach perfection. You want to reach progress. Um, you know, and another big thing is that a lot of these photographers now, they are finding these hair and makeup artists on social media. And so having that social media platform is huge. I recently took a class with Makeup by Mario that does the makeup for Kim Kardashian and Jennifer Lopez, along with a ton of other celebrities. And something that he said really stuck with me. He said that when he was first starting in this industry, it was 20 years ago, social media was not a thing. And at the time he had to go around with his actual printed out photo for portfolio and go to different agencies and different photographers and show what he does. Now, if you type in the correct hashtags, someone can find you in an mm. instant. And next thing you know, you're doing a celebrity's makeup or a influencer's makeup in Michigan or whatever the case is. And so my recommendations is kind of figure out, you know, what type of looks do you really want to nail and start practicing them now? Don't wait until quarantine's over in three and a half weeks. Start practicing those looks on yourself. Really utilize this time. And I know that this is such a scary time for our nation and that it's such an unsure time and everybody is really struggling with, you know, you know, how to kind of get those, you know, funds for the time being or what to do with their time. They don't want to go stir crazy, but I definitely recommend taking this time and using it to your advantage because when is the next time you're going to have three and a half weeks to work on all this education and research these photographers and kind of make this goal list of all these things that you do want to accomplish, um, especially speaking at, you know, in a leadership role. Like I said, I don't have, I have more free time now than I did in the beginning, but I still am limited on free time certain days of the week. Or if I have, you know, late night client that has to get in because she is going on vacation. And so I'm always going to take them. And so definitely take advantage of this time that you do have off so that you are able to set yourself up for success, you know, and that way, when this quarantine is over, you already have those shoots lined up. 
you know, another big thing too is don't wait for those photographers to find you, but find them. So start researching these looks that you like and then see who shot them and reach out to them and say, you know, I absolutely love your work. I would love the opportunity to work outside you and to be a hair and makeup artist for you. Here's some of my looks that I have already. Always send your looks. They're going to want to see it, um, you know, and kind of send them also a resume or a bio or a cover letter or something about yourself too, letting them know that you want to be in this industry and this is what you want. Um, I recently went to New York at, for New York Fashion Week as a hair artist, and I have been asked so many times how I got that opportunity. And it's just my DMs were crazy. Like, how'd you get it? How'd you get it? Like, who was your in? And what's really beautiful that I've been so excited to share is that I made that opportunity for myself. I did not have anybody reach out to me and ask me if I could do it. I sent my resume and cover letter and photos of my work to a ton of different organizations that work within New York Fashion Week. And uh, I followed up with all of them. That's a really big thing too, is kind of following up with all these companies. And then finally, I did have someone reach back out and I ended up connecting with her. And I was like, I really want to do your fashion week. This has been a huge goal, a huge dream of mine. I will do whatever you want. I will literally sweep hair. I just want to be in that environment and I want to learn from the professionals that are there. And so I was so grateful that she took a chance on me and that I was able to create the opportunity for myself because it was one of the highest peaks of my career and something that I'm so grateful and so thankful that I had the opportunity to experience. So definitely reaching out and making those opportunities for yourself versus waiting for those opportunities to happen to you is really going to be key. Yeah, that was huge. I was so proud of you and the work that you did. And also Thank that you. you showed, you gave us a look behind the scenes of what you were mm -hmm. doing. And, and that was, had to be a lot of work in itself, just showing people. It Yes, it was very long. Our days were 12, 16 hours. They were really, really long days. Um, we did get breaks, but they were very short and it was not like a scheduled 30 minutes you get to sit down and eat. It was kind of, okay, eat while you take your next hair model. And so it was very intense. It was very <laughs> fast paced, um, but it was the best experience. And I'm so thankful that I had reached out to that organization. And after the show is over, I had the um, person in charge come up to me and we kind of were just chatting about how I had met her because someone had asked her, you know, how did Katie find you or how did you find Katie? And she's like, this girl stopped me. She basically <laughs> told me that I had to have her come to New York. I had to have her be a hair artist. And I did. I completely stopped her and I was like, I need to do it for these reasons. Uh, you're going to love it. Like I need to, like, I need to be in that environment. And so if you really want something, you can make it happen. You just have to allow yourself that opportunity to kind of open up those doors for yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. so huge. It's so cool because my book, Be Amazing, the first step to be successful is the stock visionaries. <laughs> yes, and I have your book and I always tell my team, I always tell them, you know, if there's a brand that you want to work with, you know, tag them on your social media or send them a DM and say, how do I get to do a video for you? Or how do I get to get a post on your social media? You know, if you really want these things, you just have to go out and make them happen. And I think what you said earlier about how this three and a half weeks is really going to kind of set people apart and kind of figure out, yeah. you know, who really wants it and who doesn't. And I think this is going to be a really big test for people um, to kind of figure out themselves and what they really want out of this industry. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. And, and I actually made that number 10, but I got to fill everybody in on mm -hmm. one through 10 here in a moment, but I made this number 10 stock visionaries, but to be kind, you have to follow up and follow yes. through. 
Yeah. And that's the incredible thing about you. And because I've had people stalk me, but they never follow up and they yes. don't follow through. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, check that one off the list. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I love that about you because what's that untold story for you, Katie, because you're a rarity, you're a rare person indeed. And you can, it shows because the woman that said that about you for this, you know, New York opportunity mm -hmm. is the fact that she said she stalked me, but she followed up. And yes. so what's that, how did that happen for you? And how did you know to do that? So I, I've always just been, like I said, a firm believer, if you want something, you have to make it happen. And when we were actually in school, when we, when I went to Palm Mitchell School of Great Lakes, you know, we had not only our traditional hair classes, but we had kind of some business courses that they kind of went over how to kind of create those opportunities for you. So I have always kind of done that ever since kind of learning that back in school. And that's why I'm always so thankful for you and your support and your team, you know, at the school there, because you really do instill just such wonderful knowledge that really carries on, not just while you're in school, but after that. And so, you know, after I was kind of setting out all these resumes and letters and photos of my work, I followed up with all of them and not all of them responded to me. Some people just weren't interested and that's fine. Um, you know, in this industry, you need to create tough skin and not everyone's going to like what you do. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's totally fine. If anything, you kind of just use it as inspiration to continue to move forward. You always want to compare yourself to the day you were yesterday instead of comparing yourself to someone else, because that's really going to help you move forward in your own path. And so I just had continued to follow up with her. And there are days where it'd be a couple of days till she got back to me. And I wrote her again. I said, okay, so where, where do I need to book my hotel? And then a couple of days later, okay, well, where do I need to go for this? Or what do you want me to wear? What do you want me to bring? And so definitely kind of following up and let them know that you are interested. You want this because, you know, there's so many people that have told me they're like, gosh, like I need to have an in to New York Fashion Week, or I need to have an in to LA Fashion Week, or I need to, you know, have someone notice me like they noticed you. And that's not the case. You really just have to kind of want it and put yourself out there and do those follow-ups as well. You know, one of the first questions that I ask people when they apply for us is I ask what they know about us, what they know about me, what they know about mm -hmm. our salons. And I can't tell you how many people tell me they're like, oh, I don't really know much. And the first thought in my mind is, one, why are you applying here? You don't know anything about us, but two, it shows me that they want a job. They do not want a career. And so that is huge. You really want to take note of who you want to work with. Cause again, it's not who you want to work for. You don't want to work for anybody. You want to work with somebody. You want to make sure that you're going to have a cohesive team and that you're going to be able to support them as much as they are able to support you. And so mm -hmm. I love when people come out and they ramble off a whole list and they're like, I'm sorry, I stopped you. And I'm like, I love that though. I love that you actually mm -hmm. know who we are and what we're about and what we offer. And, you know, and so that's a huge thing that I always offer advice to. Uh, we just went to the Palmish School Great Lakes and spoke to them. And I told them, I said, you know, if there's a salon that you are interested in, go shadow them, go stalk them, learn about their awards, learn about their, you know, their failures that they had, learn everything so that when they ask you that question, you know exactly what to say, because it's going to show them that you don't want a job, you want a career. Yeah, I love that you said that. I, I'm always really surprised. Uh, we interviewed someone for one of our schools recently, and, mm -hmm. and she didn't know anything about our yeah. company. <laughs> I'm like always oh, so amazed. I'm like, what? It's like, really? Why do you want to work here? Yeah, it's, it's all over. You know, Google it. I know. It could be the worst. You know, it's like we could be the worst company ever, have the worst reviews. Mm -hmm. so, you know, and no mm -hmm. one likes us. Like, 
why do you want to work here? Yeah. Yeah. That's why as an owner, I like to interview people as well. And I was telling one of my staff members, I said, no, we're not going to hire that person because she just wants a job. She doesn't want a career. And Mm -hmm. I want to bring in people who want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I don't want them to be here for a paycheck because they'll just be here nine to five, you know, so to speak. And, and they'll drop off like flies, you know, later on. So Yeah. yeah, that's huge. Okay. So I made, uh, to be a kind leader, kindness always wins. So number one, stay true to yourself. Number two, don't call yourself a boss, call yourself a leader. Number three, your team will respect you as much as you respect them. The law of sacrifice, number four, because uh, you must sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, number five, I want to stop on for a moment. Yes. I called that one it's s h h h dot 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 work hard i stole this from kelly cardenas he's incredible he He had this on the back of his shirts Mm -hmm. and i loved it because that was you like you are the epitome of the work hard Mm -hmm. and that's why you got to where you are what i love Mm -hmm. about you katie is you set yourself apart right in school you said, I'm going to specialize in updos. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important. It doesn't mean that you can't do everything else. I mean, look right. at your salon. You're doing everything. Mm-hmm. You're an all-purpose salon now, but you set yourself apart and you got yourself known for that one area, which yes. I think is huge. What's that untold story of leadership for you, Katie, that caused you to do that? So I love making people feel good. And I am a firm believer that when you look good, you feel good. And I think that being part of someone's wedding day is the most honorable moment that you can be, you know, you can get them ready for aside from coloring their hair or waxing or whatever it is, you know, being responsible for how they look on their wedding. is just such a high honor. And it's something that I fell in love with. And I really do it for that. I don't necessarily do it to do all of these updates. I do it because the experience while I'm there and the love that's in the room is just something that's so beautiful and it's so rare. And I just love to be part of it. And so, you know, kind of going back to kind of working in quiet in a sense, I think it's really important to kind of set those goals and not necessarily, you know, you don't want to kind of broadcast them, so to speak. You want to kind of work in silence and kind of make sure that you have all of the pieces to the puzzle together before you kind of make these announcements and kind of move forward. Um, And you also want to kind of make sure that, you know, I'm a firm believer that you don't want necessarily brag about what you have. You want to be proud of what you have. You know, I think that's really big too. And that's something that I try to really instill with my team is to always be proud of the moment that what they have, but also kind of stay humble as they're kind of creating those moments too. And so, you know, in creating my, the bridal business, which we again created first, it's something that I was so excited about. And we, you know, we do almost a hundred weddings a year now. And it's something that I just, I love being part of. I still get so giddy every time I walk into a wedding and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. You're going to look great. And so it's just such a fun moment to be, you know, be part of with them and something that I think they really appreciate. We've been honored to be aware of the Not Best of Wedding seven years in a row. And then part of the Not Hall of Fame, there's, I think we are one of 11 hair and makeup teams in all of Michigan that are part of it. And so it's something that we take such pride in. It's how a lot of brides find us. Um, But if you go on our reviews and you kind of look at them, they all talk about you know, how their hair and makeup looked, of course, but a lot of it is about their experience and kind of just creating that really great experience for them and just kind of being with them in that moment and not necessarily being, you know, that professional as far as like, I'm the stylist here, but, you know, I'm just here to be excited with you and to help share this joy with you. 
And so it's something that we really, you know, take pride in. I love that. You know, it just dawned on me that that work hard, you know, scenario that you do is work hard towards your purpose. Find what that purpose is and Mm -hmm. you leaned into it. The fact that you love people so much and you want to be able to make their day and to brighten their day. Like I watched you from the moment I started interviewing you to now and I just watched you bright, you know, just lit right (laughs) up and that's your purpose. And so you, you exchange that also into growing people. That's why you became an owner of your salon because you want to do the same thing with your people. Mm -hmm. You're creating like not necessarily mini Katie's, but you're creating (laughs) mini them because you're, you're speaking into their life and saying, Hey, you stay true to yourself. What's your purpose? What's your motivation? But guess what? You have to love people. Our number one value in our companies is love. If you don't love people, then you can't be a part of our team because that's the first and foremost. We honor people where they're Mm -hmm. at. So, so working hard towards your purpose is huge. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about the updo. It was about changing people's lives with that updo. Yes. That's really powerful. I love, Mm -hmm. so I made that number five, uh, number six, I, cause I heard you talk about priority management cause it's really not about balance. It's about priority Mm -hmm. management. It's my book, be a planner, because I, I Mm -hmm. started to watch people think, well, it's all about balance, but really it's not about balance, about priority management and the certain areas of your Mm -hmm. life. So in the beginning, yeah, you're going to have that law of sacrifice. You're not going to be able to give too much time to your family Mm -hmm. because boom, you've got to stay in it. You mm-hmm. have to stay in it. And I remember just in the game, yeah. you know, for the first, you know, 10 years of our company, just in the game, 100%. Mm-hmm. Thank God I had the support of my husband and mm-hmm. babysitters to make that happen, <laughs> you know, but otherwise we wouldn't be where we are today if I wasn't able to do that and to find the right people until I learned how to find the right people, which I believe goes into number seven which is investing in yourself. And once mm-hmm. I started to really invest in mm-hmm. myself, I became the leader that I am today. I'm still investing, yeah. still trying to grow. I know you are too. And I love that you said you have to, you got to put some skin in the game. Yes, you got to put do. some skin in the game and start working on that. It's so easy online. Now there's so many free courses out there yes. too which is awesome, but you've got to invest in yourself. Stop watching Netflix. Like put the remote down, put the, stop watching (laughs) the news, stop watching the news because it is, it's most of it's wrong. And most of it has an agenda. It's Mm -hmm. draining. It's got a political agenda behind it. Mm -hmm. See it for what it is. Just get on the website, CDC. They'll tell you exactly what you need to know. And because otherwise it instills so much fear and we don't Mm -hmm. need that. We need faith, not fear. Through this process. So I think people need to, as soon as the quicker people can kind of just accept what's happening in the world, it's unfortunate, it's sad and it's scary, but as soon as we can accept what's happening, we can move forward from it. Um, and I think that's the thing is I think a lot of people are kind of living in this fear and they're just thinking that, okay, I'm going to sit on my couch and watch Netflix. I'm going to be scared and then trickle to the news back and forth. That's not what we should be doing in this time. You know, we need to continue to kind of move forward and accept that yes, this is unfortunate, it's sad, it's scary, but, you know, we need to kind of have faith that this will be over in time and using this time, you know, accordingly, you know, as we are moving forward, you know, and kind of going back to the, you know, making things a priority and kind of, especially during this time, 
um, you know, if someone thinks that something isn't a priority, you know, think of it as, you know, is it important, you know, or, or is it, you know, you know, which one is, is this important to you or is this a priority to you? Like, would you be okay not doing this and then kind of seeing how, you know, high up on that list is it really for you? You know, it kind of made me think about all the businesses that just closed down in Michigan. Yes. Uh, they shut everything down and they basically said only essential businesses mm -hmm. will be open. So basically food and water, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> food and water. And when we think about that, like, wow, that's really all we need. I think this really, really helps us to sit back and really decide mm -hmm. what's really important. I agree. I think it really helps you kind of see the big picture in all of this. We just, um, you know, we had a medical professional reach out to us earlier today and ask if we had anything to donate to the hospitals and we donated our hair coloring gloves so that we could help them out. And it does put you, you know, kind of put things in, per in perspective and kind of realize, you know, what really is important, you know, that we need, like, do we need to be driving around? Or do we need to go to the store really quickly or can mm -hmm. we just kind of be in our home and in our own environment, you know, and what can we kind of take away from this experience too? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that instead of priority management, what's essential Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to me right now. Yeah. And so that was number uh, that I made that number six, number seven, I said, invest in yourself. Number eight, you said something really awesome. Try everything once because you yes. never know what you're going to fall in you love with. You never know. Yes. yes. That's Talk really about that. Yeah, that's really big. I think that, you know, how many times do you go to the store and you see a shirt that's on a hanger and you're like, that's hideous. And you try it on and it looks super great, you know? So it's kind of that same mentality. You never really know what you're going to like until you at least try it. And then for all you know, you might end up falling in love with it. I didn't think that I was going to like education and offering education. And then the more I did it, I, you know, the more I really started to you know, enjoyed a lot. I had a lot of um, experience going to the Paul Mitchell schools. I've done a, a few trainings for you there now, which has been really great. But I also kind of took it upon myself to reach out to some bigger hair companies and kind of see, you know, what could I do to do an educational video for them. And so I have done some educational videos for some different product lines, some different tool lines. Um, I have a couple others that I need to do this week, one with a wig company and one with another product company. Um, and again, that's just kind of for me reaching out to them and seeing if I could do that for them. Um, but again, kind of the start of this, I was really kind of scared to do it and thought, who is going to learn anything from me? What are they going to like? Um, and it really has been such a blessing. And so I actually just recently got back from South Carolina. I did a updo training um, for just some professionals in the area because I knew I was going to be in town and thought, you know, let's open up a training and see if anybody's interested. And I had six people attend and they all have reached out and said that they learned so much. It was such a great training. And so, you know, you never really know what you're going to like until you at least try it. And then if you do try it and you don't like it, at least you can kind of check it off of your list and then, you know, maybe revisit it and, you know, the years to come and kind of think if you, you know, do you like it then in the future? So definitely was want to kind of set yourself up for success and try everything because you never know what opportunities may become available. I'm yes. a firm believer to always be a yes person. You never want to say no, because, you know, even if you say yes to something, you're like, okay, I'm not that excited about this. You don't know what could come from that one experience so that you did say yes to. And so that's really, really huge. You're just becoming a yes person and really kind of putting everything out there. And again, allowing yourself to be great. So, yeah. 
No, I love that. I love that you said that because I believe, uh, you know, lean into your gifts and then how can you use that gift to add value to people? Yes. And that's what you're doing. And I think that's, that makes you such a kind leader. And what, trust me, your team watches that. I know yeah. my team watches that. And I'm always thinking, well, how could I add value? I want to add value to salon mm -hmm. owners. I want to add value to men and women who want to be pushed to live into their purpose. And I know yes. it's part, because that's what I struggled with, you know, because I believe that whatever you had adversity in, you become mm -hmm. an advocate in those areas. And so mm -hmm. I think that's huge. I love that you said, try everything once. And then um, I put down number nine, practice, practice makes progress. I, I have yes. to stop on that for a minute because that's huge because yes. I've had so many of our staff members say, well, I'm not good at this. Mm -hmm. um, I, so I need someone to teach me. Mm -hmm. No, you need to practice. Yes. You need, and I love Kelly Cardenas says he, he tries to push his staff into, Hey, don't even, if you're bad at blow drying, you cannot walk into your house and eat dinner until you blow dry a head of hair in yes. a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And then, cause now all of a sudden you're going to make it happen yeah. and you're going to do it faster. You're going to be better at it. If you do it every single day, you're going to get good at it. What's that mm -hmm. untold story for you, Katie, that made you do that? Because your work is just astounding. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you want to look at others for inspiration. You don't want to look at them and try to be them. You only want to be better than the person that you were yesterday. And so practice really does make progress. And I think if you kind of have that mentality instead of perfect, it's more achievable. I think too many people think that, oh, I need to be perfect at this or perfect at that, or I, they automatically think because they haven't nailed it, that they're terrible and they kind of give up at it. And so I think is once we kind of change our mindset to think, okay, well, practice is going to make progress. And if I keep at this, I'm going to continue to get better each day and each time that I do this, it's a little bit more achievable. And so when I first started doing updates, there was a lot of tricks and tips that I didn't do then that I do now. I mean, when I do updos, I rarely curl any of the hair now. I have a lot of different tips and tricks to where I don't have to do that. And it saves a lot of time, a lot of effort. I'm able to kind of get more, more clients in my chair and kind of get the wedding done with sooner. And so, but again, I didn't learn all of that in the beginning. In the beginning, I curled the entire head of hair and then thought, okay, now what do I do? Like, where does all this, all these curls go? And it can be a little bit intimidating. And I think with updos and braiding specifically, I think because it's not something that's necessarily on state boards, I don't think it's a huge priority to our future professionals. Um, I think that it's kind of a service that they are interested in, but it's not something that they practice too much on. So that's why I loved going to the school and showcasing that with them so I can show them that, you know, there's so much beauty that can be made with like these braids and these updos, um, you know, and there's so many different avenues that you can take with them. And so again, just kind of practicing each day, you're going to get better with, you know, hiding the bobby pins or get better with, you know, hiding the tails of the braids or, you know, even with hair coloring, there's so many different hair coloring techniques now. And there's so many different ways to create the same look. And so kind of practicing all those different techniques so that you are kind of moving forward with your speed and with your, you know, with your, uh, you know, application techniques and just kind of ensuring that it's a more seamless blend. And so I think it's really important that we just kind of take that time. And again, these next three and a half weeks, it's a great time to do that kind of taking this time to work on those little techniques. Um, I always recommend everybody to get a mannequin head 
you know, get a make ahead, set up a tripod. I usually on Mondays, I'll spend half of my day doing emails and stuff. And the other half, I literally have a tripod and a make stand in my living room. And I'll sit on my couch and I will do updues or braids or blow dries or whatever the case is. And I've been wow. in this industry for 11 years. And so you want to always remain a student in this industry because there's so much to always learn. And even after I've been in this for the next 20, 30 years, I still want to learn more. I still want to become a sponge and kind of soak up any knowledge that I can because there's always just so much to learn and so much room for growth. And there's always different ways that you can kind of make that progress and be better than the person you were yesterday. So incredible. Yeah. I love it. So I added on, uh, you learn how to work smarter, not harder through smarter, the Smarter, not harder. Yeah. And you're, you're a rarity indeed, because I, I see hairstylists that have been hairstylists for many, many, many years, yeah. much longer than you yeah. and aren't creating the type of work that you are, but that's because you've practiced over and yes. over and yeah. here you are in your living room. Okay. Yeah. Watch yeah. Netflix, but go ahead and do hair. But while kind doing. of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think a big thing too, is that um, you know, again, I think people kind of lose interest in it if they don't get it right away. And so, you know, kind of keep at it and keep practicing. And, you know, there's so many YouTube videos out there. There's so much free education. Um, I know behind the chair at Modern Salon right now, they're doing a lot of free education during this time of need because everybody is home. So that's a great opportunity to, um, you know, kind of learn from them. And I always highly suggest, you know, anybody that's looking for education, reach out to me because I have so many portals that I use on a daily basis of different people that I kind of, you know, kind of research and whatnot. So I always, you know, kind of advise everybody to kind of reach out and it definitely doesn't hurt to reach out. I think a lot of people are kind of scared to reach out to these people that have these higher platforms or to these brands. I think they won't get a response because they're too popular. And that's really not the case. You know, they're just humans. They are here to help and here to educate and help inspire. And so they will reach out. And so, you know, if you have a question and you don't know how to do a certain hair coloring technique, or you don't know how to apply a certain product, you know, reach out to people and kind of take this opportunity to kind of learn and grow from all these other professionals that are literally doing the same thing as you are right now. We're all home. We all have all of the time to kind of help and inspire each other. So why not utilize it to the best of our advantage? Yeah, no, I love that. In fact, I was talking to my salon leaders today and I said the first and foremost that we need to focus on what's going to be our giving plan. Yeah, we need to get some cash infusion for sure, but mm -hmm. let's start with a giving plan. How can we mm -hmm. give back personally? Because yeah. that's what's going to fuel you. And I yeah. think that's huge. And, and so I think uh, we'll definitely make that, uh, I'm going to make that number 12, have a giving plan because that's, that's you. You are all about giving. I know you gave to our salon team and we, we mm -hmm. shared. I love that idea yeah. what we did. We did training for your team and then you yeah, did training for Yeah, that was a great day. Team. Mm -hmm. And every salon should be doing that. And I yeah. think that's incredible. I mean, get Katie in your salon to teach your stylist <laughs> and whatever you're good at, you can train them. So mm -hmm. cross training each other. I mean, yeah. hello, let's network. It's so important. It's yes. so important, you know, and I, I've had a lot of people reach out and they were like, well, why do you want to educate others? Cause they're going to learn what you do. And then they'll take those clients. And that's not how <laughs> I look at it. I'm like, okay, first of all, there's enough su success to go mm -hmm. around. I can't yes. do all the clients if I wanted to, like, I don't have time for all of that. Yes. Um, you know, and there's quite often that we do end up becoming booked for weddings, even though we do so many weddings in a day. Um, we do get booked for certain days. And so, and I actually refer quite a few of our brides to your salon, Paul Mitchell, the salon that you guys have, um, you know, just as kind of a backup because everybody always wants to have a second, you know, kind of option. And so I love kind of referring 
people to others. And so I definitely don't look at it as a competition. I don't mm -hmm. think you should be in competition with anybody. I think that's silly. I think there's enough education to go around. There's enough success to go around. And we should really just help uplift and support one another. And this industry, for the most part, I have always believed is a very supportive industry. I love going to big hair shows. I remember going to the Paul Mitchell Gathering, and that was my first big hair show. And I don't know if the gathering, if they still do that. Um, yes. but I remember yes. they do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I remember being in the room and I like, I kind of got tears in my eyes because it was to be in a room with that much inspiration for the same purpose was just beautiful. And so I always recommend future professionals when you get out of school or even before you get out of school, invest in a experience like that, because it will change you and it will help guide you in the right direction and just really kind of help mold you to the you know professional you want to be yeah and yeah. it's such a it's a hard industry you know it's wearing yeah. and tearing on your mind and your body and you need that constant you know lift and you need that constant encouragement and inspiration yeah. so i love that so i made that uh number 12 giving pan uh, law of abundance because yeah. I believe in the law of abundance, not the law of scarcity. And I 100% agree with you, Katie, on that. Uh, but I uh, want to go back number 10 to re, yeah. re, it was uh, stock visionaries, but follow up and follow through. And then number 11, mm -hmm. um, well, we'll stop on this one because I loved what you said. Uh, you have to have tough skin. So be kind, yeah. be a kind leader, but be kind to yourself and be tough. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit and what's that untold yeah. story for you. And I think being yeah. bullied made you tough because you made it, it through. Did. <laughs> it did. You know, I think that you have to take time for yourself and you need to understand that because you're taking time for yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. You deserve to give yourself love just like you want to give love to other people. I recently actually took myself on a retreat. My salon gifted me for Christmas a couple of years ago. Um, a retreat in the mountains and I was able to go there and kind of disconnect and it was beautiful. Um, it took me longer to go than I wanted to because I am so busy as a leader, but I was so excited to go. And something I learned while I was there is that, you know, if someone doesn't like you or if they don't like the way that you do things, you know, it's nothing that is wrong with you. It's something that's wrong with them. And you just have to, again, kind of stay true to who you are and, you know, whatever it is that you believe in, believe in that and share that. And so that's why I'm a, such a firm believer. You know, I want to share kindness. And I want to share positivity, especially in times like these. I want people to know that they're not alone and that it's okay to feel how you want to feel, but you also want to, you know, not go into a slump. You want to, you know, still kind of rise above all of this. And that's why I'm such a big advocate on, you know, taking all these educations right now and kind of pushing through and all of those things. But it's definitely really important to take that time for yourself and make sure that you are making yourself a priority and that you're carving out times, you know, time in your day to do things that make you really, really happy. You know, whether it is sitting on your couch and doing tutorials or going to Target and walking around aimlessly or whatever the case is, you definitely want to kind of take those moments to, you know, share love to yourself too, and not feeling bad about sharing that love to yourself. Yeah. I know a lot of leaders actually that do those retreats for two weeks at a time, just yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and I know that the largest gap between successful people and unsuccessful people mm -hmm. is actually thinking time. That's yeah. the largest gap. Most people won't take yeah. thinking time. And mm -hmm. so I've actually been talking to my leaders about scheduling in thinking time every day. And, yeah. you know, even if it's 10, start with 10 minutes, 
but go to an hour, at least an hour mm -hmm. every day. So, you know, like you said earlier, you know, small steps, right. To get to yes. the point where you want to yes. be. Mm -hmm. And that thinking time is just, I mean, so much creativity comes out of it. Mm -hmm. I bet when you went on that retreat, you had so much creativity. I did. I did. It was honestly so beautiful. So I wasn't allowed to have my phone with me, which I will say I was nervous at first because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to have my phone. I'm going to have to disconnect. And thankfully I did it on a weekend where I didn't have um, any weddings just to kind of cushion myself. I felt better about it. Um, but it was so great. It was so nice to kind of disconnect and to have though that moment, you know, alone. I was there for three nights. So it was a quicker retreat, but when you are there alone with your own thoughts, you know, it is a long time. And it was so nice to kind of just kind of think about everything, you know, work or personal or whatever the case is, but to really just kind of make that time for yourself and allow yourself to kind of be in that environment. And I think a lot of times people don't allow themselves that kind of alone time or that quiet time or, you know, that time to kind of think. I actually don't drive with music on. I actually drive in silence because it's one of the very few moments in my day that I have time to think and I have silent time. And so it takes me about 33 minutes to get to work. And those 33 minutes, I'm able to just kind of absorb the day in a sense and kind of mm -hmm. absorb my own feelings and thoughts um, and really kind of prepare myself. And I think that's really important is that a lot of people don't take that time. And again, I'm so busy. My days are jam packed with clients and meetings and phone things and emails and all those things. But it is really important to kind of carve that time out for yourself. Um, because I also believe that it will make you a better leader. You're able to focus more and you're able to, um, you know, allow that time for yourself. So you're able to allow that time for others and kind of understand too what your professionals are going through. You know, if they need to kind of take time for themselves, you can kind of put yourself in their shoes a little bit more too. Um, and it kind of just goes back to that respect factor, just having respect mm -hmm. for each other too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We circled it right around. It was yeah. perfect. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a great podcast, Katie. I love you so much. So what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it through Instagram that we gave earlier or is there other yes. ways? So my Instagram is a great option. You can also reach me by email. Um, I feel like those are probably the two best ways to connect with me just because it is harder for me to get on the phone. Um, just with all my other meetings and because I do a lot of like Skype meetings like this and stuff like too. Um, so yeah, so email is going to be best or my Instagram handle. So my email is katiemariebeauty at yahoo.com. Okay. So it's katie underscore Katie Marie Beauty to get a hold of uh, Katie on Instagram or get a hold of you at Katie Marie Beauty at what? Yahoo.com. At yahoo.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very yeah. good. All right. So what last piece of advice do you want to give everybody? And thank you so much again for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. I, um, I, I mean, really my biggest piece is just kind of be true to yourself. And if there's something that you really want, go out there and get it. Don't think that any dream is too big for you to achieve or that you're not able to accomplish something. Don't let anybody else tell you that you can accomplish anything. If there is something that you really, really want, you are able to have it and you can be as great as you want, as long as you want to create that greatness for yourself. Follow up, connect with people. Don't be afraid, put yourself out there and always be a yes person. But above all of that, just be kind be true to who you are and everything will kind of fall in place with that. I love it. Perfectly said, Katie. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Bye Katie. 
Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.